Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Up next, The Truth with Lisa Booth, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. You've heard a lot about Russian interference in the 2016 election, but how much influence did China have over the 2020 election? Also, did the coronavirus escape from a lab in Wuhan? I get you those answers on The Truth with Lisa Booth. Welcome back to The Truth with Lisa Booth. I've got an exciting show for you guys this week. My guest is Republican Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas. He's a graduate of Harvard Law School and also clerked with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit before enlisting in the military. He went on to serve nearly five years in active duty in the United States military as an infantry officer, doing tours both in Iraq and Afghanistan. While in active duty, he earned the Bronze Star Medal, the Combat Infantry Badge, and the Ranger Tab. As a United States senator, Cotton has emerged as one of the most outspoken conservative members of Congress, which has earned him a spot as one of the left's most hated figures. Khan has also been one of our country's most important leaders on national security matters. He's been especially vocal on the threat posed by China and the dangers our military faces as they become too woke. So get ready for an in-depth, educational, and provocative conversation with one of the Senate's most fearless members. Without further ado, I want to welcome Senator Tom Cotton to the show. Senator, thank you so much for joining me on The Truth with Lisa Booth. Yeah, Lisa, it's good to be on with you, and congratulations on the podcast. 
Thank you so much. You know, when I was thinking about topics today, I was like, my God, like, where do we start? It's, it seems like the entire country is unraveling. And, you know, there are about a billion different items to discuss. But, you know, your background is really in foreign policy. And, and as I mentioned, it, it really seems like our country is being pulled apart by the seams. We're divided racially, divided politically right now. If you're a country like China looking at America what are you thinking? Well, I think China, as a rising power with global ambitions to replace the United States, views this as an opportunity, this time early in the Biden administration, as an opportunity to consolidate some of the gains it's made over the last 20 years or so, and also test the Biden administration. Now, it, it doesn't help when the Biden administration is either parroting Chinese communist propaganda or providing Chinese communist propaganda to use against us. Uh, You may have seen just last week, our ambassador to the United Nations condemned America and our founding principles as inherently racist and intertwined with white supremacy. Lisa, that's the kind of thing that um, we used to hear at the United Nations from communist ambassadors from places like Soviet Russia or from China. Um, not something that our own ambassador would say, rather than defending all of the progress we've made over 250 years and citing Abraham Lincoln's view, the correct view of things like the Declaration, that we were a nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. But these are the exact same talking points you heard from uh, China's foreign minister up in Alaska a few weeks ago when he spouted them at our secretary of state and our national security advisor. So I think the Chinese communists view this as a period of time uh, when they can probe and test and see just how far they can push the Biden administration. That's one reason, for instance, that you've seen an increasing number of incursions into Taiwanese airspace over the last month, dozens of bombers and fighters. Now, someone may say, well, all they're doing is just flying through some empty air. But if they establish that as a normal pattern that happens day after day after day, it significantly reduces the warning time and the advanced intelligence we have if they ever decide to go for the jugular in Taiwan, which Xi Jinping has made personally a priority for him, a part of his legacy, not just something that Chinese leaders have wanted to do for more than 70 years now. So I'm very worried about the aggressive behavior and rhetoric we see from China's leaders. I'm also worried about what the Biden administration is doing to underscore and reinforce some of those messages. And I really worry about whether they'll be tough enough in the long run to say, keep the tariffs in place to protect America's jobs or punish China for imprisoning democracy advocates like Jimmy Lau in uh, Hong Kong, or for uh, threatening our allies and our partners like Japan and Taiwan and the Western Pacific. Well, and so about that. So, I mean, all we heard in 2016 was about Russia collusion and Russia trying to influence the uh, 2016 election. But the NCSE acknowledged that China wanted Joe Biden to win the election and that they were trying to influence the policy environment during the 2020 election. We have Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, with business dealings tied to the Communist Party of China. So my question to you, how involved was China in the 2020 election? And why don't we hear about possible collusion, given all of that? Well, I think it's obvious to anyone with a bit of common sense that uh, China wanted Donald Trump to lose and Joe Biden to win. Donald Trump uh, was the first president in modern times to take a tough line on China. And he moved a lot of uh, other politicians in Washington to do the same thing. 
Um, and, and in some cases, that was Republican politicians, Lisa, who had been who had adopted too much of a pro-business, pro-chamber of commerce view of, of trade with China, despite what it was doing to devastate uh, working Americans and take away jobs and factories from our country. So there's no doubt. I mean, anybody with common sense could see that um, that Donald Trump would not again. Beijing's favorite. Um, you don't need the intelligence, even though our intelligence officials have stated publicly that China was working uh, in various ways to try to shape the election environment. And, and one of those ways, very simple, is you know you can just look at the ups and downs of trade negotiations with China. They were clearly trying to manipulate American opinion to include American elite opinion, sometimes enlisting America's CEOs to try to create a more favorable environment for China and a tougher environment for Donald Trump. On the Russia front, Lisa, just let me add, it is now more than apparent um, that while Donald Trump took a firm line on Russia, the kind of line I had long advocated because of Vladimir Putin's malign activities, Joe Biden is um, speaking loudly and carrying little more than a twig. He is unraveling a lot of our uh, tough positions on Russia. And he announced a few sanctions last week and beat his chest as if he was the tough guy. But he openly admitted they were half measures, that he could have done more and he didn't. He asked Vladimir Putin to meet him in some fancy European capital this summer for a summit. What has he not done, though? He didn't impose sanctions on Russia's undersea pipeline to Germany, which is their number one foreign policy and economic priority. Those sanctions have been ready to go on the shelf. I helped pass them with several other senators and congressmen some time back, and the Biden administration won't implement them. The Biden administration gave Vladimir Putin his previously most important foreign policy objective, which was a five-year extension of a nuclear arms control agreement, an extension that is single or is, that, is one-sided against America and deeply favorable to Russia. He didn't ask for a single concession. He didn't try to get any leverage on it. He didn't try to negotiate anything. He gave it away to Russia in the first two weeks of his administration. So it's just another example of how the blue media distorted the environment in, uh, for the last four years and portrayed everything in the worst possible light against Republicans, when in reality, the last four years, we were tough on China, we were tough on Russia. Right now, we're going soft on Russia, and I'm afraid we may soon go soft on China. Well, and there are also concerns that the dossier that was being pushed and that was used by the DOJ and the FBI to obtain those FISA warrants was actually Russian disinformation. Did we ever get to the bottom of that? I mean, it seems like the media is so, uh, you know, unquestioning when it comes to things that could be hurtful to, you know, Donald Trump, but seems to lack any sort of critical thinking or interest in anything that could potentially be you know, damaging uh, against the intelligence community or Joe Biden. But did we ever find out if the Russian or if the dossier was, in fact, you know, comprised of Russian disinformation? Yeah, I don't think there's much question, Lisa, that this dossier was riddled uh, with Russian disinformation um, and subterfuge. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that if some if someone is trolling around Moscow or St. Petersburg or European capitals, saying, hey, we're looking for dirt on Donald Trump. We're paid by his political adversaries to dig up that dirt, and especially um, dirt related to Russia. That Russian intelligence, which is very well sourced throughout Europe, is going to get wind of that. And then for them, it's going to be practically a sport to see what they could get into a dossier like that. Um, So there's little doubt that a lot of the most fantastic, preposterous claims that were never supported by any evidence um, 
must have originated with Russian intelligence officers, again, almost as a matter of sport, filling this dossier with lies and nonsense, which the Democratic Party and then the blue media bought hook, line and sinker and helped uh, or obsessed about it for two and a half years or in some way four years uh, of the Trump presidency. Well, and also used by our own government to target a political campaign. Yes, uh, that is true. Uh, And it is something that should have been, again, uh, sending off alarm bells from the very beginning. This kind of this dossier that is kind of half baked and obviously filled with lies uh, and nonsense was then laundered through the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court without even telling the judges on that court the provenance of it, that it is paid opposition research by Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democratic National Committee. But so about that, I mean, so we also saw this story recently debunked. The Russian bounty story from The New York Times was debunked. You know, we just talked about the, you know, Russia collusion narrative that was debunked. You also had leaks coming uh, during under the Trump administration, the allegations of Ukraine quid pro quo. Why did the why did the U.S. intelligence community seem to really have it out for President Trump? Well, so, Lisa, on the on the Russian bounty question, I'll say that seems to me plausible on its face. If, if you told me that Vladimir Putin was putting bounties on American soldiers or Americans, period, it, it's not that I would dismiss out of hand. That sounds like something Vladimir Putin would do. But when those reports first hit the media last summer, I didn't assume they were true. Um, I did what any responsible leader should do. I tried to review the facts and the evidence. I sit on the intelligence committee. I review these documents. And I got to tell you, I didn't see anything there. I certainly didn't see anything there to justify any policy action in response to what were fairly thinly sourced allegations. But of course, the blue media and the Democrats treated it as gospel. Um, the Biden administration now, or by Joe Biden, I should add, picked up, ran with those allegations, even used them in a presidential debate against Donald Trump. Um, just last week, the Biden administration presumably authorized uh, that information to be released uh, from the intelligence community. They had low, only low to moderate confidence. That's pretty low, I got to tell you, just from a tradecraft perspective. Um, I can't say that those leaks last summer came from the intelligence community itself. I, I think it's probably as likely that they came from Democrats in Congress who had seen those documents and misrepresented them to the media. Adam Schiff, I'm looking right at you right now as a potential source for that. And maybe the Biden administration realized that they had been misled during the campaign, but they certainly weren't uh, looking at it with a very skeptical eye. More broadly, as you say, though, um, there was a disconcerting pattern of leaked intelligence, not just in the Trump administration, but going back to the Bush administration as well. You may recall leaks about Iran's nuclear program that were designed to tie the hands of a Republican that presumably some liberal Democrats inside the bureaucracy didn't like. Um, That is the exact opposite of what we should expect from our intelligence professionals. Uh, Something I've stressed, not just in the Trump era, but with the new leaders there, that they need uh, to take very seriously the threat of partisan influence over the intelligence we get, as well as unauthorized leaks. Wow. All right. Hold it right there, Senator. More with Senator Tom Cotton after the break. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? 
because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So I want to get into something. So the former CDC director, Robert Redfield, recently said he's a you know a virologist. He recently uh, was criticized for saying that he believes the coronavirus escaped from a lab in Wuhan. Obviously, you know that the high security bio lab there, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, was studying coronaviruses at the time. So that seems like a very plausible scenario. Why do you think, given that it was so panned, what he said, it was so heavily criticized? Yeah. It's... <laughs> Kind of boggles the mind, right? Yeah. So, so Lisa, I said this um, as early as February 2020, um, that the most likely explanation for this virus's origin was in those laboratories in Wuhan. Now, to be specific, I, I'm not saying that it's a man-made virus or that it was genetically modified in some, some way. I'm simply saying what you pointed out, Lisa, um, we know that those laboratories were studying deadly coronaviruses and other pathogens. We further know that China's labs have a long history of shoddy, sloppy safety practices. And even to be fair, labs around the world are not 
perfect. Sometimes they do have accidents in which viruses can escape from them. But China's in particular have a long history of this. Um, some labs let SARS leak out of it a couple decades ago. And this lab in particular in Wuhan was visited by American diplomats in 2018 who wrote back that they were very concerned about the quality of the construction and the safety practices of the staff at this laboratory. When you combine that with other evidence that was widely known at the beginning of 2020, that the uh, almost half of the first patients that were known to have the coronavirus had no contact whatsoever with that food market that China, uh, that China ca- claimed was the source of the virus, that that food market didn't sell bats, that the bats from which this coronavirus likely came don't live within hundreds of miles of Wuhan. All of the evidence points to those labs. Uh, and last February, when I voiced that opinion, the blue media denounced me as a conspiracy theorist and someone who was spreading lies and propaganda. And yet today, you have senior Biden administration officials testifying in front of Congress that that's one of two likely scenarios. Now, we may never know the exact origin of this virus because the Chinese communists had probably destroyed all the physical evidence. It's possible that one day we will have a whistleblower or defector of some sort who can testify uh, to the origins of the virus. But this is now widely accepted um, not only by the United States government, but even by the blue media that was attacking me over a year ago for stating this. And again, it's just a part of the the blue media's um, willingness to spread any kind of lie or use any kind of spin, distort any fact, omit any fact, if it aided in their efforts to hurt Republicans in the election last year. Now that the elections are over, now that they can't deny the evidence themselves, they're starting to be a little more open-minded about it. Surprise, surprise. But do you think it's, is it deeper than that in the sense, because I remember you had said that, and I was like, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Again, when the former CDC director said it, I said, yep, that makes the most sense here. But, you know, still receives criticism. I mean, how much does China, how much stake does China have in the American media? You know, how, we already see the major corporations are beholden to China. It seems the government officials are beholden to China. Is the media beholden to China? Well, Lisa, it is simply a fact that Fox News is the only major news network in America that is not owned by or affiliated with a large corporate studio, corporate studios depending heavily, heavily um, on access to the Chinese market and in some cases, Chinese funding. Just think about it. ABC, owned by Disney. NBC, owned by Comcast Universal, CBS, associated with Viacom, CNN, Time Warner. Every one of those major news outlets is owned by or affiliated with a uh, corporate studio who is heavily beholden to the Chinese Communist Party. Is it any real surprise that for years these major news networks have been relatively soft on China and in some cases acted like a phalanx of bodyguards? for Chinese uh, rulers against the common sense judgments and intuition of um, the American people. It's actually kind of scary to be you know, perfectly honest. And, and sir, you've laid out the Beat China plan, which calls for the decoupling of our economy from China. And I totally agree that that's what we need to do. But how do we do it when, as we've just noted, we have so many entities in America that are beholden to China. And we saw that just recently with the, the M- MOB pulling out of Georgia over lies about their election law. Yet they just announced a deal with the Communist Party, with the telecommunications firm Tencent. 
You know, so how do we decouple uh, when there seems to be no interest or no fortitude from our own American companies, the media, you know, and the list goes on? Yes. Well, first off, let me just address that appalling corporate hypocrisy, Lisa, Um, that corporate uh, executives like Rob Manfred from Major League Baseball will criticize Georgia's elected legislature while cutting deals with Chinese owned and affiliated companies or that the NBA um, will denounce America's elected political leaders while turning a blind eye to genocide in China. Coca-Cola will denounce denounce its legislature in Georgia. Yet Coca-Cola is up on Capitol Hill last year lobbying aggressively against a bill that would try to stop the trade in slave labor in Xinjiang province or all the hype of hypocrisy. And all these corporate execs can get off their moral high horse and go back to overseeing men playing a boys game or making sugary beverages that kill 160,000 Americans a year for all I'm concerned. I don't need their advice on things about which they know nothing and about which they are deeply invested financially. That's one reason why, though, that we need what I call a targeted decoupling of our economy from China. Um, So we got to look at the kinds of goods and services on which we're somewhat dependent from China and identify those places where we can no longer be dependent. Some of those are very obvious, like high tech uh, uh, goods or critical goods that we don't produce in America or we don't produce yet. Uh, We cannot depend on China for things like semiconductors or some of the electronic components um, that drive our economy, or in many cases drive uh, military ships and um, planes and vehicles. Things like rare earth elements that are anything but rare, actually. You can really find them anywhere uh, in the world. What's rare is the mining and the processing and the manufacturing of them, in which China largely has the world market cornered. Um, But it's not just those kind of high-tech items as well. We saw last year uh, very basic things that there's no reason can't be made in the United States or that we can't buy from our allies, things like medical protective masks and surgical gloves and basic pharmaceuticals like generic ibuprofen and acetaminophen. Uh, those things are, those are things on which we can no longer depend on China. And we need to also um, help reduce and ultimately end the influence of what I call the China lobby in America. So those corporate studios and their news divisions Uh, We need to take a look at their investments in China and China's investments in them, just like we would if they were uh, defense contractors in the Cold War. We would never let them deal with the Soviet Union or the Warsaw Pact bloc back then. We need to be very, very expansive in what we look at in terms of critical industries so we're not dependent on China. And so China doesn't have this massive lobby inside the United States to try to influence our politics. Well, and you mentioned the genocide that's being carried out against the Uyghur population right now. For those unfamiliar, what is happening to the Uyghur population? So the Uyghurs are an ethnic and religious minority in northwestern China. Um, and for the last six or seven years, Xi Jinping has personally overseen a campaign of genocide, slave labor, and mass rape. Um, He is engaged in ethnic cleansing against this relatively small minority um, in which, uh, by some accounts, as many as two million um, are locked up in concentration camps, being reeducated 
Um, they've disappeared for months on end, uh, being forced to renounce their cultural traditions, their language, their religious beliefs. Sometimes pressure is brought to bear on their children or siblings or other relatives overseas to include in the United States to try to force their relatives back home to surrender all of those things that they hold dear. Just think about that, your cultural traditions and your language and your religion. Um, they're also using that population uh, to um, produce goods like sugar or cotton that companies like Coca-Cola either depend upon or are worried that they de- are so worried that they depend upon that they'll secretly lobby against a bill in Congress last year that's designed to stop that slave trade. Uh, and then, you know, some of the most revolting allegations, uh, which I have no reason to doubt, are that they are also, again, trying to engage in ethnic cleansing, not just by moving Han Chinese in to Xinjiang province and taking the land and taking the homes uh, of these religious and ethnic minorities, but also systematically sterilizing Uyghur women or systematically raping them as well. All of these um, abhorrent practices over the last six or seven years have been pretty well documented by either um, defectors, um, by people who escaped Xinjiang province and have spoken uh, to media in the free world, or by documents that have been um, released, uh, presumably by dissenters within inside the Communist Politburo in China. But it all is personally driven by Xi Jinping. Um, and we cannot continue to stand by to do and simply do business while turning a blind eye to one of the worst episodes of genocide and ethnic cleansing in recent times. It's it's disgusting. And it's disgusting that these companies try to take stands on these issues and try to be purport to be of any sort of moral authority and then have turn a blind eye to, to genocide. But also want to get into something else you recently introduced because it's of interest to me. So you introduced legislation in the Senate called the Combating Racist Training in the Military Act. What exactly does it do and, and why did you feel compelled to introduce it? So Lisa, taking a step back from the military um, and um, just looking at the, con- the problem in context, um, so many liberals in our society, whether they're senators or uh, reporters or university presidents or professors, um, are totally enthralled to what's known as critical race theory. This noxious claim that somehow America is inherently and systematically racist. As our own ambassador, the United Nations, uh, announced last week, white supremacy is woven into our founding principles, that they see everything in the world through the uh, lens of race and class oppression, um, that there can only be oppressors uh, and the oppressed. In a way, it's kind of a warmed over Marxism, Lisa, but as opposed to economic or material classes, it's all based on race. Um, And it really does reject um, the central teaching of Martin Luther King Jr. that we should judge people by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. It teaches, especially our children, to be obsessed with race um, and see each other first and foremost as representatives of a racial group as opposed to individuals. Um, I was very concerned when I saw some of the um, central tracks of this critical race theory on the suggested reading list of certain military uh, leaders. 
very concerned about some reports I've heard uh, from the students at our service academies that they're being uh, exposed and indoctrinated with these ideas. So my legislation in the military complex is very, or context is very simply, um, we will not support teaching that is antithetical to our declaration and to our constitution. Uh, look, our armed forces have always been on the vanguard of racial integration and racial equality. You know, Truman desegregated um, our military long before our schools were. Um, and when I served in the military, I served alongside fellow soldiers of all races. And I can tell you, race was the last thing we ever saw. What we focused on was our mission and focused on caring for the buddy to our right and to our left and making sure that everyone came home alive and well. Um, if we teach an entire generation of our young troopers that the most important thing about each other is not how they can conduct the mission, not their dedication to each other, not their patriotism and their love of America's ideals, but rather what they should see is each other as representative of a racial group. It will substantially impair um, our readiness to fight and win our nation's wars and our unit cohesion. The last place, the last place we should be indoctrinating America's youth with these um, ideas is in our military. But see, indoctrination is about control. So, I mean, we've seen with the left, they've used their ideology to essentially get control over the media. They now have control over government, control of corporations, as we've seen with recent stances taken against conservative states like Georgia, as well as our school system. So, I mean, is that what it's about with the military as well? Well, in in so many cases, you decided, Lisa, what the left wants to do is establish this nonsense, these lies as the new dogma, and then to harass and persecute, cancel anybody who questions that dogma. Well, of course, that dogma should be questioned because it is wrong. Uh, it is morally wrong. It is factually and historically wrong about our country's history. Um, and we should not let them exert that kind of control in the military. You know, one of the reasons the military is still the most respected institution in America, Lisa, is because it is viewed as nonpartisan and apolitical and dedicated to the most important duty that one can perform in any nation, to include our nation, which is the protection and preservation of our free and independent way of life. But we saw, you know, we saw back in January, it was reported that the National Guard was doing background checks to weed out Trump supporters from the National Guard troops in D.C. I mean, that strikes me as very un-American. You know, why do, why do we want the troops in Washington, D.C. to be beholden to Joe Biden. That that, that, that just that that disturbs me. Yeah. And, you know, you saw also an, an instance where I think the delegate from Guam took some of their National Guard soldiers to a fellow um, House member's office. I don't know, to protest or meet with them or what have you. Uh, again, this is this is uh, very harmful to our military and therefore to our nation. The reason one reason why our military uh, is so esteemed is because it isn't partisan, because it is uh, it's apolitical and uh we shouldn't be taking steps to politicize it in any way or to check political loyalties. Look, I, I served alongside uh, Democrats, alongside Republicans, conservatives and liberals. Uh, it didn't come up much. Occasionally it did. You know, I was in Afghanistan when Barack Obama was inaugurated. So that obviously prompted a lot of conversation. But that was conversation for the dining hall or the gym or the card table. It was not conversation for the patrol when we were mounted up and moving uh, through enemy territory. 
Um, and we all we need to keep in mind that's the mission of our military. It's not to be a political debating society or be used as a political prop. Well, and we also saw the military uh, attack military leaders attack Tucker Carlson, a private citizen and a journalist as well, which I believe is unprecedented. It is. And I shouldn't have done that. Um, you know, look, it's one thing if a civilian press secretary of the Pentagon gets asked a question spontaneously about it and he expresses his pride or admiration for our troops um, or disagrees with a member of the media. Um, but to have a, what appeared to be a concerted and organized social media campaign from senior military leaders uh, was disappointing to me. And I expressed that deep disappointment. Uh, to the Pentagon's leadership, and I hope we don't ever see it again. That's incredible. Hold it right there. We'll be back with Senator Tom Cotton after the break. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, Folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You see Democrats trying to expand power through court packing, H.R. 1, also giving statehood to Puerto Rico and D.C., all essentially in an effort to consolidate power and to keep Republicans from ever getting it again. The filibuster is really the only thing standing in the way. Uh, do you think the filibuster is going to last until the midterm elections? Yeah, so the rules and tradition of the Senate, Lisa, that uh, that'll permit extended debates and require uh, more than a simple majority vote are some of the most important rules and traditions, not only in our Senate, but in our country. Um, I mean, our founding fathers, in their wisdom, created a government that would be stable and durable, wouldn't have wild swings of opinion based on transient election results that might be overturned just two years later. Um, That's the role the Senate is designed to play. These rules and traditions have been in place almost since the very beginning, since the second decade of our Constitution. Um, They were enacted while some of the authors of the Constitution were still in the Congress or uh, would later serve in the White House. Um, so these things go back over 200 years. They stood the test of time. Uh, they've um, been an important part of our governing institutions. It ensures that you have more consensus, more bipartisanship, and that major changes reflect a, a general compromise view of the American people as, ref- as reflected through their elected representatives in the United States Senate. What the Democrats realize is that they have a very slender, very perhaps brief majority to force through these radical changes and they don't give a damn about the rules and the traditions of the Senate. Um, And when I say they're trying to force through these radical changes, Lisa, I don't mean to say they're trying to do things like raise your taxes or take your guns or defund your police, although they will do all those things, don't get me wrong. But we can undo those things when we take office. Um, We can cut your taxes. We can stand up for law enforcement. Um, But what the Democrats want to do is eliminate these rules and traditions of the Senate so they never have to relinquish power. You mentioned several of them. They want to pack the Supreme Court because they don't like that it has a center-right majority that supports and upholds the Constitution as it's written. They want to engage in the equivalent of packing the U.S. Senate by making Washington, D.C. a state. Washington, D.C. is not a state. It's a city. In fact, it's a federal city, and it's designed to be the federal city that's the seat of our government. But the Democrats think if they make it a state, they'll have two more Democratic senators in perpetuity. Just like that, a single signature on a piece of paper, it's a 52-50 Senate, not a 50-50 Senate. Or the so-called For the People Act, Nancy Pelosi's crazy election law that should be called the For the Corrupt Democratic Politicians Act, because it is designed in every way to enhance the power of the Democratic Party and lock them into power forever. And that's what all of these radical uh, uh, proposals are designed to do. The only thing that's protecting it right now are the rules and the traditions of the Senate. And that's why the Democrats and their media allies have mounted a frontal assault on those rules and tradition. Now, I think some Democrats in the Senate are hesitant to go down that road. They know how unpopular it is. They know that they would pay a major penalty in uh, elections, especially in some of the states they represent, if they do that. Um, it's something that we work on every day in the Senate to make sure 
that uh, the Democrats don't take this radical and irreversible step. Yeah, we have a media, as you mentioned, that is rewriting terms like court packing, what court packing means, who are pushing H.R. 1 as, you know, Voting Rights Act, who are essentially adopting the terms of the left. So what happens to a country when the media serves as a propaganda arm for one party as opposed to an independent media? Um, well, uh, it makes it harder for Republicans and conservatives to communicate and get our ideas out. But I wouldn't say it's impossible. Um, I wouldn't even say it's the hardest it's ever been, Lisa. I mean, look, Ronald Reagan faced an environment when he had three major news networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, and one major net newspaper that set those news networks agenda, the New York Times. I mean, today, um, we still have a lot of forces stacked against us, but we have Fox News and um, other TV networks. We have talk radio, which generally um, has the most popular shows on the center right. We have social media and the Internet. We have podcasts like your podcast, Lisa, uh, where we can get our message out. So it's not impossible. It's not impossible by any means. It is harder than it is for uh, liberals and Democrats who often have the media acting as a phalanx of bodyguards for them. Um, But it's that's why it's so critical that Republicans use all the avenues we have to explain exactly what Biden and these radical Democrats are doing and drive home to the American people the stakes of what's ahead over the next 18 months before the 2022 elections. Well, and just one more question before I I know you've got a a really busy schedule, so I want to be respectful of your time. It feels like we've reached a point where, you know, yes, I have this podcast and thank God for it. We'll see how long I have it. Fingers crossed. But, you know, we we saw Parler get the platform. We have big tech, obviously, in the tank, working in tandem with the Joe Biden campaign, taking down anything negative about Hunter Biden. Now corporations working against conservative states. Have we reached a point where it's all too big to be worked out in the free market? Well, in some of these instances, Lisa, it may be very well be, and especially when it comes to big tech um, and the kind of monopoly power they've begun to exert um, over what is you might call the virtual or the digital town square. Um, there's a long series of First Amendment cases that suggest uh, even so-called private towns, um, company towns, can't limit um, free speech. I, I think we need to take a look at whether those cases would apply to companies like Twitter and Facebook and Apple and other social media companies. Um, and I think it's time that we look at the legal standards of it as well. Now, the challenge there, Lisa, I'll tell you, is that Republicans and Democrats alike are pretty unhappy with big tech, but the solutions are directly opposite. Republicans think that these tech companies should serve more as neutral platforms and respect the values of free speech and freedom of expression. Democrats want these tech platforms to censor conservatives. So it may be hard to find uh, compromise on legislation to rein in some of these abuses, but it's a real high priority of mine because I can tell you, our Kansans are expressing to me all the time how worried they are that they may be the next person to lose their social media accounts or in some cases even lose their job or have their homes picketed. It is a real problem that these uh, big tech companies have such an outside influence over who can be heard in our political debates. Well, and, and Senator, before we part, any words of hopefulness, since I know the conversation was really heavy about uh, you know some big concerns we're facing as a country? Um, Well, I would encourage everyone um, not to be discouraged. Uh, If you look at the election last year, in fact, in many ways, uh, we significantly outperformed what the Democrats expected, what the media expected. Look, we picked up seats in the House. Nancy Pelosi right now has a two-seat majority. That is the smallest majority in a century. Um, In the Senate, it's evenly divided. Um, And the only reason the Democrats control the agenda in the Senate floor is because they've got the tie-breaking vote. Power is very evenly divided. 
in the political system in our country right now. I know some of the things we've touched on, Lisa, point to dominant uh, liberal control of major institutions in America. And, and that's true. If you look at the blue media or big tech or Hollywood or the universities or the unelected parts of our government, liberals have outside influence. But when it comes to the elected parts of our government, our Congress and the presidency, your governor, your legislature, your local uh, government, um, that is the one place where we have an equal and in some ways um, a majority voice as conservatives. So I encourage all of your listeners not to be discouraged, not to uh, leave the playing field because electoral politics is the one place where we can ensure that our voice is heard and that we continue to defend and promote all of the things that we love about our country and that make our country so dear. Well, and fighting for culture is important and same for our midterm. Senator, I could honestly talk to you all day. This has been a truly fascinating conversation. I'd love to have you back sometime. All right. Thank you, Lisa. I want to thank Senator Tom Cotton again for such an incredible interview. I found it to be absolutely fascinating. I really hope you guys did too. So thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please, please, please leave me a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at at Lisa Marie Booth. Let me know there. Did you like the show? What did you think? And special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, writer, Aaron Cleegan, researcher Margaret Smith, and executive producers Debbie Myers and Speaker Newt Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 network and team. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.